witness, bear witness to the greatest park has ever created, the smelling sod, starring Mr. Moonshine. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Fimo. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Loma. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Canella. Left hook, white crowds, smelling song. Pacquiao. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Charlo. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Spence. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Bud. I'ma knock him out, get the smelling song. Fury. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. Wilder. Yeah, yeah, get the smelling song. AJ. Yeah, yeah, get the smell of salt. You know I'ma knock him out, get the smell of salt. Punch. You already know this is punk, drunk, boxing, aka Mr. Moo. Shot himself, aka La Dobo, aka La Sazon, aka El Borracho. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you at this side of heaven. God bless you all. Ladies and gentlemen, y'all already know it's the Smelling Salt Podcast episode. I don't know. But anyway, ladies and gentlemen, what a, what a great sport. Oh, we have in the sport of boxing, you know. It was a great event last weekend, y'all. Yeah, your boy, Mr. Moonshine, was out there, man. Oh, witnessing the 8th Division World Champion, the 5 Lineal, the 12-time World Champion, the best senator, humanitarian ambassador of the sport of boxing, the great husband, the great father, and the best karaoke singer of them all, Manny Pacquiao. Damn, he lost. Adios, he lost. Ladies and gentlemen, it was an electri- it was an electrifying night, but at the end of the night, damn it, it was like a funeral home. And I ain't talking about those funeral homes like you know the ghetto ones that be like, oh love, baby, no. Why my baby gotta go? Love, love. Why my baby go bring him back? <laughs> bring him back. Not that type of funeral. I'm talking about the the, you know, the little quiet ones, you know, the top, it, it was just, you know, it was a lot of sad people, it was just like, it, it wasn't over, you know, a lot of people was, you know, they, they accepted the loss, you know, and you know what a lot of Manny Pacquiao fans, when Manny Pacquiao take the loss, they'd be like, it was a robbery, it was a, it was a, it was a robbery, or it was a, uh, the punch, what was it, it was a lucky punch by Marquez, and the Jeff Horn, and the Bob Aram is trying to get, trying to get, try to get you out the sport of boxing, or whatever, like they, all the, all the excuse for Manny Pacquiao, because a lot of people love Manny Pacquiao, including myself, I love Manny Pacquiao, but this time when he lost to Jordanis Ugas, and congratulations to Jordanis Ugas from Cuba, that a lot of people didn't feel like he was going to beat Manny Pacquiao. A lot of people felt that your Dennis Uga's style was tailor-made for Manny Pacquiao. You already know Manny Pacquiao the footwork, the angles. But Manny Pacquiao was missing the footwork. And Manny Pacquiao was getting hit with the right hands. I'm going to tell you like this, folks. It looked like Manny Pacquiao was not looking. He was not seeing the right hands. And it's not like your Dennis Ugas is fast or... or, or Heavy-handed or, you know, he's not known for that much power. He's not known for speed. And then Manny Pacquiao just couldn't see that right hand, man. Couldn't see that jab. Um, He was missing a lot of punches, but he was hitting. A, a, he was gr- doing great, especially in the first half of the fight. And his combination punches was still there. It looked real quick, but his legs, it, 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 it what Manny Pacquiao was more stationary, especially in the second half of the fight more than ever. Um. But yeah, man, when he lost, it was like a funeral home, y'all. People were sad. People were sad. It wasn't like, like I said at the beginning. It wasn't like a funeral home, like a ghetto funeral, 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 funeral. Yeah, you already know, man. Um, 
Um, English is my second language, you know, I speak Spanish, so if I mumble some words, you know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, it was like that type of funeral when the old man passed away, but he left a lot of money behind, and it's just quiet, and be like, oh, yeah, all right, just let me know when they're going to put him six feet under, and then, yeah, we're going to get paid. How much you got in the will? How much you got in the will? <laughs> nah, but, yeah, man, people were sad. I mean, because people don't know that's, that was going to be the last time they see Manny Pacquiao. So I think that's why they was extra sad because um, I did want Manny Pacquiao to actually promote this fight like it was going to be his last fight. Because a lot of people was questioning how much, you know, how much, how much people you buy they going to sell. And they just came out that Manny Pacquiao sold, what, 250,000 people you buys? Wow. That's low. I mean, I didn't, I couldn't imagine, I could never imagine Manny Pacquiao doing 250,000. And a lot of people going to say that, oh, because of Earl Spence. I mean, look, to be honest, every PBC card, it seems like every PBC pay-per-view is like the 250 number. Like, even with Manny Pacquiao, the 250, 250. Um, Gervonta Tan Davis versus Mario Barrios, 250. Um, um, Earl Spence versus Sean Porter, 250. Uh, <laughs> um, Andy Andy Ruiz versus Chris Ariola, two hundred and fifty. <laughs> Everything is two hundred and fifty k, two hundred and fifty k. Everybody, two hundred and fifty k. I don't know, um, but if it's eight, two hundred and fifty k, it is what it is. I mean, and that to be honest, uh, then that tells you the star power that a guy like Keith Thurman does really have. Shit, if they if, if the report was that they almost did six hundred k with Keith and Tom Thurman. Did, did, you know, 200K more than the, than the Adrian Brown and Manny Pacquiao. You know, Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao. I, to be honest, I don't, I, I didn't even think that Earl Spence and, and Manny Pacquiao was going to surpass the Keith Thurman and Manny Pacquiao numbers because I just feel like Keith Thurman was out there setting the fight. And when we saw the, the press conference with Keith, with, with, with Keith Thurman, not with Keith Thurman, with Earl Spence and Manny Pacquiao, that was boring. I mean, ain't nobody was setting the fight. I mean, the only thing to sell the fight is the name of Manny Pacquiao, but Earl Spence, you know, he 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 got, he he don't speak that much, you know. He got that Bud Crawford effect. Um, so it was it is what it is, but ladies and gentlemen, I don't want Manny Pacquiao to retire, man. I know, I know, I know. Guys gonna be like, yo, punch you, come on, punch, really, come on, man. That's it. He had enough. Come on, man. He been through wars. He been through wars. What you talking about, Punch, man? What you talking about? What's wrong with you, man? What you mean? You don't want this old man to go? I don't want him to go, y'all. <laughs> no, don't leave. Don't go. Don't go away. Hey, hey, hey. I love you so. The minute you walk out that door, please don't go. <laughs> Yeah, don't go, Manny Pacquiao. You need to get that rematch. You got one optional, one optional fight. The PBC giving you, giving you an optional fight. You pick up that damn optional. You fight, ooh, guys, and you go and you go go to training camp for eight to ten weeks and try to get that rematch and try to leave like Michael Jordan left versus the Jazz. All right, don't you leave like Michael Jordan left the Wizards. You leave like Michael Jordan left the Jazz. All right, after the Jazz, okay. Um, but I do understand because I'm one of those those individuals that used to say, yo, Manny Pacquiao got nothing to lose. And I still think he got nothing to lose. Um, Manny Pacquiao got a cemented legacy. He's a walking Hall of Famer. Um, but the only thing why I say, damn, man, I, I didn't, I didn't want to see Manny Pacquiao actually fight his last fight 
with with the fighter, whichever it, it could have been Earl Spence, it could have been anybody, Dennis Ugas. But even I got respect so much for you, Dennis Ugas. I don't think that it was actually like smart having Manny Pacquiao fight you, Dennis Ugas, a top welterweight, and vice versa because they hope they both had to prepare. Um, 11, 11 days before the fight, but in, technically, there was the last week of the, the the last week of the fight. We can't count the last week of the fight, so it, they had like what, like four or five days to actually prepare for one another. I mean, I think that Manny Pacquiao's people said that they train, they spar for 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 your Dennis Uga style one one sparring session, and he did thirty rounds. You know. And I think I, I think at the level of the elite level, I think that game plan is highly important. Now, Manny Pacquiao, Manny Pacquiao camp, and Manny Pacquiao himself feel like you know he got all the experience. Like he's he faced every style in the book. Um, he could adjust and things of that nature. But I just don't feel. I mean, I I, I don't want to I don't want to question the elites, you know. But I just figure. I mean, it makes more sense to me that at this level. You could expect what to see from Manny Pacquiao. You could expect to see Eurydenius Ugas. So I think at this level, game planning is a lot. Adjusting. Game planning. You know what I'm saying? If Manny Pacquiao was out there training ten, 8 to 10 weeks and having se- for, for a southpaw, and then you have to gear yourself back into the orthodox. A lot of people be like, well, come on. Look at all the fights that Manny Pacquiao had. He is, what's Ugas? You know, I, I, maybe I think it was la- a lack of disrespect for Ugas because I don't think that Manny Pacquiao will pick up a Keith Thurman fight or a Buck Crawford fight or a Sean Porter fight or Earl Spence fight to, and prepare for them for, yeah, you're in shape because you've been training for the fight, but you ain't prepared for uh, 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 Ugas And I know there's certain fighters Even Flo Mayweather said it before And, and, a, and a guy like Devin Haney has said it before That they don't train for fighters they, they don't look at tape They just they just train and be the best So they could be the best that they could be And then they trust in their adjustments um, But I I think Sometimes people say that just to say that Like I don't watch tapes That's the new like trend in sport of boxing Well I don't watch the tapes I don't watch and I'm like yeah right Come on man this is life or death sport. You gotta, I think you gotta, I think it's smart for you to watch some tapes, you know. Maybe don't watch tapes for them, but watch tapes for yourself so you can understand your positioning and what and what you would need to work on better. You know, how about your opinion? Yeah, you can have the opinion of your coach, but how about you, you, you educate yourself about you? You feel me? So, I don't believe it that much, to be honest. Like, nah, I don't watch no, I don't watch boxing. I don't watch boxing. I don't watch tapes. I don't watch my opponent's tapes. Mm, yeah, right. You got to watch them and pack out tapes. Shit. But it was a good fight. It was a good accomplishment by Yurdenis Ugas. We don't know who he's going to be fighting next. He was calling Earl Spence. Now, of course, a lot of people were talking about the Earl Spence injury. And I think we spoke about that. And a lot of people talk about that. So I really want to move on from that. He had an injury. He had surgery. Whatever it happened, it does happen in the sport of boxing. It's a grueling training. Training camp is a, is a grueling life. It's not an easy life. And when you practice, you got to practice going to battle. You feel me? Sparring. So he got hurt in sparring, they said. And it is what it is. I don't think that Earl Spence would have turned the Manny Pacquiao down. Um... That was his probably best purse right there. Pay-per-view. Manny Pacquiao, a legend. It's, I, mean, I don't think it... But the eyesight of uh, Earl Spence is more important. And and it's not like... Would he gain a lot for beating for beating um, Manny Pacquiao? I mean, did Ugas gain a lot? I mean, are people saying that he's going to be the next cash cow? Things of that nature? Nah. So, 
It is what it is, man. I don't think they're giving the, the respect that he deserves, and I hope they do give you Dennis Ugat the respect that you deserve. I know that Manny Pacquiao had two-year layoff, 42 years old, but to me, he's a freak of nature. I wasn't going for the... I wasn't... Look, if I didn't want to mention 42 years old before the fight, I don't want to mention 42 years old after the fight. He's a freak of nature, in my opinion, and I think he did hell of a good for a guy that was off for two years, you know? All for two years is, is even if you if you're in your prime, that's that's still a lot. You know? You go and struggle. But the way that Manny Pacquiao actually looked and the way he was throwing the combination, I think that it was that he did actually good and awesome, to be honest. You know, with all the wars that he's been and and, and, and the wear and tear. And look at the way that he looked. I mean, in, in the scorecards, yeah, there was two scorecards that was 116, 112, another scorecard that was 115, 113. And I had it close when I was watching. I, I, it could have been a draw, in my opinion, or 115-113. Oh, God. So I was a cool. I was cool with the scorecard. Now we move on from there. Manny Pacquiao is going to retire. Now, I wish that Manny Pacquiao gets that finale like other great athletes, like the Derek Jeters of the world, you know, the fun, and goes to all the stadium, your final fight, or like Kobe, or like Dirk Nowinski, you know. Yeah, you feel me? I, I want him to get that type of love, and I want, I want his last, I want his last fight to actually be, you know, marketed as this is Manny Pacquiao's last fight, and I don't think you're gonna see 250k. I tell you that. I tell you that. Of course, ladies and gentlemen, we got Canelo Alvarez and Kalen Plan made a deal. I know also people have been talking about that. Um. I think it's good for the sport of boxing. Another undisputed. Before the year, I did say this is going to be an undisputed year. So thank you for Canelo Alvarez. He's going to be stepping in the ring again four times in the span of less than a year. This guy is a, a, a prestige professional, a pound for pound, number one. The cash cow of boxing, Canelo Alvarez. You know, going for the undisputed. Hasn't captured that. And we just finished talking about Manny Pacquiao. Manny Pacquiao never been an undisputed. Floyd Mayweather never been undisputed. Canelo Alvarez, four division world champion, in his prime and his peak, where his intellect and his physical ability is coexisting at the highest level. Yo, shout out to Canelo Alvarez, man, because he's given he's given what people has been critiquing, has been frustrated about in the sport of boxing. They've been frustrated. Oh, my God, we don't get the fights that we deserve. These fighters ain't fighting enough, man. These fighters ain't fighting enough, man. Fuck boxing, y'all. Boxing is dead. <laughs> and they still watching boxing. Shut up and look at Canelo Alvarez on November 6th versus Kalen Plant. The undefeated super middleweight champion of the world, Caitlin Plant, which a lot of people feel like it's going to be easy. I just don't think it ain't going to be that easy. Oh, yeah, I do got K I do got Canelo Alvarez whooping uh, um, um, Caitlin Plant. I just don't think it's going to be that easy. I think a lot of people, you know, they may be hyping the analysis of this fight. And every time the people is hyped by analysis and they feel like, oh, it's going to be just like, just like the Ugas. Just like Jamal Charlo and Juan Montiel, just like Jamel Charlo and Brian Castaño, huh? You think it ain't gonna be easy, huh? Just like when Dillian White in the first time fought Povetkin and Povetkin hit him with the uppercut and knocked him down, just like you thought Javante Tank Davis and Mario Barrios. Mario Barrios actually outboxing him until the end, and then you know Javante Tank Davis knocked him out, but let's not—he was getting outboxed. 
And ladies and gentlemen, we've seen Canelo Alvarez get outboxed, and it's just not the Floyd Mayweather. I understand a lot of people always want to say, yo, Canelo Alvarez, man, he learned a lot from the Mayweather fight. Yeah, he did. Yeah, uh, 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 Floyd Mayweather, yeah, it was a close fight, but he was doing his thing and outboxing Canelo Alvarez. But let's not forget, recently, it's not too far back. I'm not going to say recently, but not too far back. Canelo Alvarez was getting outboxed by, by Sergey Kovalev. I mean, I don't give a damn much how you feel about Sergey Kovalev, but the jab was actually outboxing Canelo Alvarez. And the Canelo Alvarez actually did kind of what Javante Tan Davis did versus Mario Barrios. You know, he dig deep. It's one thing about Canelo Alvarez. He knows how to close that gap and he knows how to break you down. He just don't break you down um, physically, but I think that Canelo Alvarez break you down mentally. Granite chin. Great placement punches. Do not waste movement. Do not waste punches. Canelo Alvarez, when he shoots, oh, he, he, he got the target. And when he lands, oh, yeah, you're going to feel it. The thing with Canelo Alvarez and Caelan Plant, and a lot of people want to be like, oh, oh, but Caelan Plant got footwork. Oh, yeah, I did see him fight Daniel Jacobs with a good footwork, and I do, I do believe that we saw Canelo Alvarez beat Daniel Jacobs. He got good footwork, so he beat the slick fighter. He beat the Russian-style fighter. He beat the Cuban-style fighting. He beat the American-style fighting. He's, be, he, he's beating every style it is in, their, in, in its book. And I do believe that Sweet Hands, Caitlin Plant, got the great footwork, got great footwork, know how to control range, know how to throw them jabs. I don't know how much his, his, his fist is going to hold up. I don't know if he's going to connect a few power punches and he's not going to feel the effect because, you know, people feel like right now that probably his hands are getting weaker and weaker throughout, um, um, you know, fight by fight. Again, ladies and gentlemen, unboxing is a wear and tear type of game and, and, you, and your hands is your moneymaker. Um... I just don't think at this point of Canelo Alvarez's career, who is also a gym rat. He's also a gym rat, y'all. Oh, tú crees que yo, 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 yo no estoy ready? Huh? Tú no crees que yo no estoy ready? Yo soy el pound for pound, el cash cow. Yo soy Canelo Alvarez. Eh? Tú crees que yo le voy a ganar a este tipo? <laughs> Shout out to all the Mexicans out there, man. Shout out to all my Tennessees, man. But I'm happy that PBC and Canelo, Canelo Alvarez promotion got this fight done. Going to be in Fox pay-per-view November 6th, Las Vegas, Navadal. <laughs> Can't wait to see that. Can't wait to see the Canelo, um, you know. But could Caitlin Plant do a little bit of what, you know, the successful things that a guy like K that Daniel Jacobs probably had a successful run, he could look at that, um, could take away from... from um, Kovalev and a jab I think he could do it But we already know that uh, Kovalev got a stiff jab And a jab that got power You know um, Will Canelo Alvarez respect his power? Now a lot of people feel like They're talking about Caden Plant footwork Which is great footwork But I do think People forget About Canelo Alvarez footwork In the first fight with Triple G Which a lot of people was, Wasn't mad I mean was mad because, of course, they think that Canelo Alvarez just mutfy and going to go toe-to-toe, -to -toe, which people do like that type of action. So when they saw Canelo Alvarez switch his style up, but in my opinion, I said, damn, he could move. He could move. He could pivot. He could counter off the back foot, and he's just moving back, and he's using all the corners of, 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 of the ring. And I said, damn, Canelo Alvarez changed. He added more to the toolbox, but people didn't like that.
but I saw it and I'm re- and I registered it. And a lot of people want to talk about Canada plant movement. How about if we see a, a movement of Canelo Alvarez, though, from the outside? We don't know that, too. But I've seen it. I mean, Canelo Alvarez, that's for me. When he, was, when he added more to the toolbox and he tried to show the people, like, yo, I got more in the toolbox. Look what I learned. I could move. I could move. You know, I could move like Apollo Creed, too. That was like when Nas, Nas the rapper, Nas Year Jones dropped Nostradamus. Like when he dropped that genuine shorty, say what's your price? Just to back it up, we can move the ice. Now you take it on me something. Uh, and people and be like, oh, Nas got that joint with the girl in the club. But everybody felt like Nas Thomas was the worst. Nah, come on. Yo, punch. Nah. I mean, he was like, oh, nah, Nas. How you going? How you going on? Um, um, sell out, man, to the commercial, yo. Nah, they ain't that. That wasn't it was written, Nas. Come on, man. They ain't the Illmatic. But that was actually a great album, in my opinion. But it was the switch. Sometimes people hate when you change. That's the corny. That's the corny stuff about people. I like to see people grow and expand and evolve. You know, the only thing that you haven't evolved in life is how to wipe your ass with toilet paper. I think that's the only thing that haven't even evolved in my opinion. I don't know about the toilet. The you know that toilet that water pop pops in your butt. <laughs> I never experienced. I just saw it, but I never experienced it. <laughs> I don't know That gonna make me feel kinda I don't want them type of toilets man Make me feel kinda fruity or something like that All that pop That water popping in your back <laughs> But You know I do think that Canelo Alvarez got wrinkles to his game To adjust to, to, to Caitlin Plant What about What happens if Caitlin Plant Needs to adjust. How could he adjust? How about if 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 Canelo Alvarez is closing the gap and cutting the ring off real real good? How could Kalen Plant adjust? And that's the problem that I have assessing a Kalen Plant. I mean, if he can't move and he doesn't have the type of power, but look at this, y'all. Look at this. We ain't think a guy like Ugas had the type of power, but you know what? It was decent power. Is Kalen Plant got decent power to keep a Canelo off? I don't know. I mean, he is a pure 168 pounder. It's not like this guy's coming from a lower division, high division. I think he's been in the division for a while. But the undisputed is going to be crowned November 6th. And the good call from the UFC, I got to give him props. But I'm a boxing guy. Undisputed going to be crowned. Then after that, well, let me tell y'all folks that Tia Lopez is going to be facing, facing George, George Cambosa, New York City. They're trying to do it October 5th. October 5th or 6th or whatever, New York City on the Hoodoo Theater. Teofimo Lopez back in New York City in New York in his home versus George Campos. And y'all already know this fight been postponed so much, man. It reminds me of when, it reminds me of myself when I used to date and I used to be like, you know what I'm saying? <clears throat> man, I don't think I could go this week. How about next week? Let's, let's postpone. But maybe that's when I was, you know. When I wasn't married, I was dating like a couple of chicks. Numa was a chick, and then I just had a, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm just playing. I'm just playing, baby. I wasn't like that. I'm a Christian man. You know, I, I took every woman serious, right? I was always faithful. Always faithful. <laughs> I need a bucket of holy water, but <laughs> it smacked me with a whole bucket of holy water. I'm lying. Anyway, 
I was faithful. Shut up. But that's a good fight. And then, you know, on my on Punch Run Boxing on my YouTube channel, I did have Tifa Lopez Sr. Go check it out on my on my last live show. And Tifa Lopez Sr. have he stated that his son wants three fighters after the George Cambosa. He said he wants Josh Taylor as number one. And he was calling all the derogatory names that you could think of. You already know. You already know Tifa Lopez Sr. He's gonna go hard. You know. I don't care, man. My son could be anybody. I don't. My son could be anybody. Moon, moon. I'm telling you, you know, these here, Lomachenko. You saw what we did to Lomachenko. We froze Lomachenko. My, he couldn't do nothing to us. And you remember what I told? I told the people after the fight. What did I tell the people after the fight? Don't ever mention Papa Chico ever in my life. My son is the best. <laughs> I love the passion of TFM Lopez, man. Shout out to all the fathers in the sport of boxing. Y'all already know. Father Hup is prominent in the sport of boxing. I love that energy. I love that energy. Some people don't like his mouth, but I love that energy because you can see how much this man loves his child. And like, again, fatherhood is prominent. I love to see fatherhood. I love to see the camaraderie between son, sons, sons and father. I love it. Motivational, especially in the community and where they have a lot of fatherless child. You know, I always keep on saying it, man. We got to be alphas out there, man, and stay with our children. Stay with our woman that we made our children. Let's be serious about it. Let's establish a family because a father in the home is the most powerful home. When the father's in the home, man, ain't no trying to own government. Ain't nobody trying to get into that home. Daddy got the kick. <laughs> but he want Josh Taylor, number one. Because he said in a numeral, in, in, you know, numerical, um, that's the word. Again, English is my second language. He won Josh Taylor number one. Number two, Javante Tang. I mean, um, Josh Taylor number one. Javante Tang Davis number two. And Devin Haney number three. And of course, I, stepped, I stated before that, y'all, I want to see T from Lopez versus Josh Taylor. Because that's right there, ladies and gentlemen. That's what? That's what? 10, 10, 10 belts on the line. You got a WBC. Both of them got all four, 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 four belts. You got the linear belt at one. That's 10. I know my math. You feel me? And then you got pound for pound fighters fighting another. It's pound for pound versus pound for pound. Lineal versus lineal. Undefeated versus undefeated. That is a great matchup. And I don't know if Josh Taylor is looking because it's fair to, fair to say. Okay, I understand Josh Taylor ain't looking down. I understand that. And he's probably looking at Terrence Crawford while Tiffin Lopez looking at Josh Taylor. I ain't going to blame Josh Taylor for not looking, but I'm going to tell you like this. After the Jack Catterall, was Josh Taylor going to be fighting Jack Catterall? And shout out to Jack Catterall for stepping aside so we could see the undisputed between Jose Ramirez and, and um, Josh Taylor. Tiffin Lopez is going to be fighting George Cambosa. So after the fight, hopefully if they both win, they all lined up and they under top rank. So that's what's up. That's what's up. Then, so, we'll see that fight. See what's going to transpire. We never know what happened in the sport of boxing. I do got Tiffany Lopez beating Jose Cambosa, and that's the type of fight that I feel like they think is going to be easy. I don't really see it easy. I do respect highly Jose Cambosa. I really think that he does have a decent resume. I think he's earned his position as a WBO and IBF number one rated fighter. Um, so yeah, 
leading up to, and the Canelo Alvarez was November, but I skipped the Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury with the trilogy. I just do think that this fight was, I, I think it has been um, a very disgusting promotion in my opinion. I, I, think it, I think this fight and this promotion have turned a lot of people off in my opinion. It turned me off as a boxing fan the, to the point where I just want this fight to get over with. You know, I think it's two villains fighting each other at this point. I think a lot of people don't believe in a lot of the stuff that Deontay Wilder have stated. I don't think a lot of people. I think there's people out there that 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 do that don't like Tyson Fury. Do like him, but don't like him. I think that 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 I think that Deontay Wilder, with the excuse and the allegation towards um, Tyson Fury, rubbed a lot of people the wrong way. Um, I don't feel the buzz like it was. I think a lot of people are still mad that we're not going to see the Undisputed versus um, Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua. Anthony Joshua on September 25th, they're going to be fighting Alexander Usyk, former Cruiserweight Undisputed champion of the world, in which he got great footwork. And Anthony Joshua, y'all already know, probably the best heavyweight champion of the world, got the best resume. A lot of people want to break that fight down. Now, of course, man, you got to go check how I'll break, break the fight down and um on my on my YouTube channel Punch Run Boxing, go ahead and subscribe and go and go also to subscribe to my website punchrunboxing.net. And of course, follow and share the Smelling Salt podcast. I said this when I was breaking it down. I think with a couple of, with a couple of people on the panel before, and when we were breaking it down, I said I want to see the, I want to see Anthony Joshua, and I think that he he have he hasn't shown. A lot of his of, of his skill set of you know I do think that that Anthony Joshua is not as robotic as people want to say or as stiff as people want to want to tag him with. I do think that Anthony Joshua, if you remember the Povetkin fight when he fought Povetkin, he had he was elusive. He was he was working from the outside. He was using footwork. He was he was hitting the jab, the jab to the to the solo plex, followed up with the right hook. Great combination, and he was doing a good thing. I saw a lot of a lot of a lot of intangibles in that fight, and I do think if he brings that fight or that type of style also to versus Usyk, if he needs if if he needs to adjust, I do believe that Anthony Joshua has the tools to adjust to Alexander Usyk. Does Alexander Usyk has it? Let's see if if Anthony Joshua does um if Anthony if Anthony Joshua closed the gap, if Anthony Joshua cut the ring off real good because I do believe that Alexander Usyk is probably one of the best technician in the heavyweight division. Or probably he is the best technician in the heavyweight division, but this is why I really this fight is very 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 interesting. And at least these guys if we didn't get the heavyweight championship of the world, the undisputed heavyweight champion of the world, championship of the world fight I said if we can't get that, I'd rather see Deontay Wilder get the trilogy with, with Tyson Fury. And I also said I want to see Anthony Joshua versus Alexander Usyk from Ukraine. I think that's going to be a good fight. I can't wait to see that fight. I think a lot of people deep down inside, I think they got it like 50-50 because, of course, um, the only thing that I think people criticize uh, Alexander Usyk is probably his power. Um, his lack of power, uh, the power that didn't that didn't carry, he didn't carry his power with him. Uh, Alexander Uzi was never a, a knockout artist anyway. You know, he's a prestige, got a prestige skill set. And let's see what Anthony Joshua was gonna be, what what he's gonna do versus an elite, um, you know, elusive. He knows how to, you know, knows how to use the ring, generalship, and things of that nature. He wouldn't be an undisputed cruiserweight. 
and a and a pound for pound caliber fighter, but you got to give a lot of kudos to, to Anthony Joshua for taking this fight as well. Now, what else have we got? What else we got? I think those are good fights. And um, Amanda, oh, we got the Jake Paul, you know, this weekend, the Jake Paul versus Woodley. And I think that Jake Paul is doing the great things for the sport of boxing. I, I, I have to submit to it. I have to be real. And, and I thought in the beginning it was going to be some type of circus, right? And, it's, and in my opinion, it's not, man. I think it's turning out to be um, good. I mean, he's opening up. He's opening doors. He's opening opportunities. He's opening another lane for people, for boxers. And you know, yeah, he's he's gonna be a, he's a YouTuber, but too, he's fighting fighters. Might not be boxers, but he's probably actually fighting the type of fighters or the type of skill set you could say that a uh, uh, quote unquote regular boxer when he start off at the professional level when they put a lot of people tailor made for them to look good. You know, they put guys that is like what four wins and fifty losses. What's that different? That's like you fighting a Nate Robinson anyway, right? What about Askins? Askins, Askins, what I forgot his name, his, his, how to pronounce his name. I mean, he's still a fighter and he got knocked. And you got Woodley, who is, what is a, what was the elite fighter in the UFC? So he's fighting the type of fighters just like a professional athlete, uh, a professional boxer on a, on a come up when he's fighting a bunch of fights that don't mean nothing, but he's getting all the knockouts and everybody feel like, oh, 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 but those guys are tailor-made for you to, for you to look good. But I, but I do want that seven division world champion, the Manny Pacquiao of boxing, boxing, Amanda Serrano versus Mercado, Puerto Rican versus Mexico. I do think, and she and she's highly capable of beating the record of Christy Martin for the most knockouts in women boxing history, ladies and gentlemen. Amanda Serrano is the damn goods. Amanda Serrano is the knockout pound for pound queen of boxing. And I do believe that this is the best platform for her. The exposure was great. Jake Paul did a hell of a job being a, just being around her and let and let your fan base see her. That's what I, I, I highly respected Jake Paul. I said, damn, nobody, nobody has done or nobody has put the shine on Amanda Serrano like this Jake, like Jake Paul and, and, the, and this Jake Paul Willie event. Out of all the things that she's done in the sport of boxing, she is 40 and, and one, ladies and gentlemen, 40 and one, hasn't lost in a decade, 30, 30, 31 knockouts, bro. And she don't get the love like, like that she deserves. I don't understand. And then here comes a person from outside of boxing that's actually valuing her. They back in Showtime. Shout out to Showtime for having Amanda Serrano. Because for real, I don't give a damn what anybody says. Amanda Serrano was a seven-figure fighter. And by the time I see Amanda Serrano and Katie Taylor duke it out, yo, I want these women to get paid. Um, 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 and people go, well, what kind of country she's... Man, I want that woman. She's a seven-figure fighter. If we want to elevate the sport of boxing... In terms of female boxing, you have to give these women the the, the, the pay that they deserve. And I'm not, st I'm not, and I'm still not over that Amanda Serrano and Heather Hardy from New York City fought that year, fought for a couple of years ago. I think the main event was 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 Devin Haney versus Abdul Laif, and they was the main, and they were the co-main event in New York City. I was there. They brought the fans out. This was a pro Serrano and Heather Hardy uh, um, audience. 
and they get co-main event, and then they get paid pennies compared, peanuts compared to the guys in, 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 the main, in the main event. I think that's a slap in the face. I think they dropped the ball there, and I think the reason why Amanda Serrano probably is not getting the type of purse that, and now she's getting it, now she's about to get it with this one and the next one that's going to come right back up. But it took us so many, so long. It's because I feel like the boxing world has abandoned a lot of these females. Or maybe, I don't know, they're not doing a good job in transitioning this to like how the UFC girls have. You got your main, uh, uh, you got JJ, you got Zang, you got, you know, Nunez, you got when you had Ronda Rousey and stuff like that. There was household names and it was getting the highly respected and the fans was out there. That's why on the way in with Amanda Serrano Mercado, you, uh, Mercado, you saw a lot of people cheering for her and that was cool. And I think that she was overwhelmed and there's a good crowd and yo, I can't wait to the fight and I want to see history with Amanda Serrano. Um, Computer style. What the hell? Give me one second, y'all. No. No. Yeah, my. I was like, what happened to my computer? But. Can't wait to see that fight. But there's going to be more. Uh, uh, of this week coming up week my, I'm gonna go and drop another podcast tomorrow I'm gonna put this for the morning So right now um, Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna put this I'm gonna get another one I'm gonna do another show I'm gonna try, ladies and gentlemen I'm trying hard Look, I'm a one-man army right now I'm a one I'm, a, I'm just a one-man I did I did media work And I think that sent me back Just a little bit Um Tired more than usual got the, got, got the YouTube channel Got the website I'm just trying to deliver the best content I can for y'all and I'm going to actually deliver more podcasts because, of course, there's people that go to work. They can't. They don't have the time to just lit to to, to view things in in um in YouTube, but they can listen when they're going to work, um, break or you know um, exercising. So I gotta I got I gotta do more episodes and and really make this make this podcast one of the best podcasts. Move over, Joe Rogan. Move over. Shout out to all the podcasts out there. But yeah, y'all, I think boxing is doing great. I think boxing is giving the type of fights. And let's not forget also in September, y'all, I think September 18th, we got, it's September 18th, I do believe, we got Stephen Fulton versus Brandon Figueroa. Also, there's reports that saying that Chocolatito, Roman Roman Gonzalez is going to be facing Juan Francisco Estrada, the trilogy. So this has been the trilogy year. As much as it's been an undisputed year. Hope that happens. Um, on the episode. Oh, 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 I got. Oh, before, before I leave. Before I leave, y'all. We're going to be talking about. Let me, let me just briefly talk about the WBA. Because this is a own separate episode I want to do about the WBA and the Bell Federation and things of that nature. So the WBA has eliminated the interim. And. I think that was a good move. It eliminated the gold, eliminated all of them tricking belts. Um, they still the regular, the regular, the super title was still on, but they trying to. They, this is what they're trying to do. So the guys that were interim is going to be the mandatory, the immediate mandatory to the guy that's holding the the guy that's holding the 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 regular WBA. The winner of that 
It's going to be mandatory to the Super WBA, in which we already know the Super WBA don't have any mandatories, but I think they're switching things up. And then the winner of the regular and the Super becomes one belt, and they go back for to they go back to a one belt federation. Bravo WBA! I know the WBA been under fire, but Bravo the WBA! Let's look into the future. Let's look into the positive, and I think that is a very very positive. Um, I. I think they're fixing the I think they're fixing their problem, but that's only one belt federation. We want we might want to see the WBC follow suit. You know, a lot of people still mad about the franchise, but the WBC says that the franchise is the supreme belt in the lightweight division with Tia from Lopez holding y'all just got hey, that's the rules. That's the rules. A lot of rules in life or or, or laws that we don't like. I mean we'll fight for it, but hey, it is what it is. That's what they say. And Tia from Lopez is undisputed. And I'm I'm gonna talk about this in a separate in a separate episode prior tomorrow, so we could die down because in those type of talks, people be like, "Yo, but the other belt federation doesn't recognize that belt." Well, ladies and gentlemen, other belt federation don't recognize their rankings. So what's the difference? If I tell you, if you ask me, yo, who is number yo who's number one as 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 a welterweight, and I told you in the welterweight division, I'd be like, "All right, Stanionis," and you're gonna be like, "Stanionis." Stanley, oh, what? But what the WBA recognize it? Oh, but this, but the WBA recognize it though. Stanley Onis is better than Manny Pacquiao. Stanley Onis is in front of is, is in Virgil Ortiz. Is in front of Boots Ennis. Stanley Onis is that guy. He's the number one rated rated the welterweight. What you gonna do? Argue with me? You see? So this is why we can't play this 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 semantic games. Oh, we don't recognize. He's not undisputed because the other federation doesn't recognize. So let me ask you, who's your favorite? Who's your favorite lightweight, right? And I'll tell you, whatever they have number one, I don't, I can't see it right now. But or, or let, let's just move it to welterweight, cause I know. How about they be like, yo, the best welterweight? Shit, Abdul Kokorov. What? You crazy? You crazy, man? Nobody recognized that shit. Oh yeah, the IBF recognizes. Do you recognize the IBF? But 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 the champion. Exactly. So. How about they keep it consistent? You're going to recognize the belt. How about you recognize the, the, the ranking too? How about we go for one belt and one ranking? Ooh. <laughs> there you go. So don't tell me. Boxing has forced the fans to recognize whatever they want to recognize. You know, it just got, it got, to, sound, it got to sound logical and objective. That's what it is. That's what boxing is moving. Until the whole boxing actually fixes up. Then we go and have two fans, hardcore boxing fans, have to come with a concrete understanding and recognize what's deemed fit. And I saw Tia from Lopez B. Lomachenko. We all saw it. We all know that he was the man. So there you go. I'd love to see Tia from Lopez and Josh Taylor, though, man. Imagine the UK. That would be hot. But. Y'all already know you. Um, we're moving on to the next episode. Love y'all, man. Subscribe to all oh, to all the Punch Run pl- Boxing platform, and see you tomorrow, guys, man. It's gonna be another show. God bless. God first. Everything second. Fight plus survive equals shoot champions. I love y'all. God bless, and on to the next. <laughs>